Ramble. Welcome to the tripod. Welcome to another episode. You got your boy Zach. Joining me as always is Ned Fulmer. And Anugaseo. Wait, oh, Eugene, I thought you were gonna say my name. <laughs> I, I just before the podcast started said I'm gonna let you say your name. I said it and you looked at me and you nodded. You said okay. It's kind of ruined the flow. I thought I like the. Do you want to start over? Should we start over? We say like start a, over. A we start, start, start over. over. We start okay, over. all right. I all heard right. the Didn't... instructions, Zach, but it, it yeah. did break up the flow. You know, it's tough. Yeah. It's right. tough. So we're gonna do yeah. no. So so no. You want me to say your name? You want to go back to that? Yeah. yeah. Ned, Ned, Ned sounded like he was an elementary school student. <laughs> Ned Fulmer present. Ned Fulmer. Yeah, Ned okay, Fulmer. we'll try that. Then. All right, here we go, Zach. And Hello. In three, okay. Two. Yeah. In right, three, two, one. Welcome, class, to another episode of the Tripod. Let's see who's here today, students. Do we have Mr. Ned Fulmer? What's up, Tri-Fam? How we feeling tonight? Okay, Ned is present. Uh, Eugene Li Yang. Annyeong. <laughs> uh, Miles Bonsignori. Hey, how's it going, you sexy little cuties? Keith Habersberger. He had to go to the principal's office. Ooh. <laughs> Keith is not joining us today because we gave him a day off for his birthday. So instead, let's talk shit about him all day. Ooh. What what Keith stories you got? Let's dish. He's tall. He's hot. What else is there to freaking roast? I've discovered about Keith lately. He's very crafty. I never knew that. This isn't really a roast. It's more of a compliment. <laughs> but I mean, the man built a skee-ball machine out of- Why don't you say it like a roast? Just say a compliment okay, in okay, a roast yeah, voice. Sure. <clears throat> Keith is so crafty. He can't fill his time. So he has to make crafts. He has to make a skee-ball machine out of cardboard. I'm sorry, Keith, him. but the arcade called, they want their money back. <laughs> the arcade called, and they're really impressed with what you've done. Lots to talk about today, lots to dive into. I think first and foremost, guys, K-pop stands, they're ruling the world, and Woo! they're making it a better place. I think we should talk about it. Uh, <laughs> they... Trump had a rally this weekend and they were expecting over a million people who RSVP'd and it turned out that it was not a million people who wanted to go. It was actually just a bunch of teens on TikTok and K-pop stands who were flooding the RSVPs uh, and making it seem like way more people wanted to go. So instead, uh, I think it was a 19,000 person arena had about 6,200 people. They had to cancel the spillover. That is such next level expert trolling and I adore it. I Really impressive. And I mean, 19,000 people isn't even that much in the first place. Yeah, it's really interesting because as a Korean person, I was probably one of the most OG K-pop fans because I started listening in the 90s. Like I was getting the CDs at church. We were listening to <laughs> H.O.T., G.O.D. Yeah, it, no, like because church is where I, all the Koreans were where I was growing up. So, uh, yeah, Korean pop music is really interesting because it it really started prolifer proliferating uh before I even knew y'all, like I was listening to Boa and Rain. And then when we were at BuzzFeed, I started introducing everyone at BuzzFeed to K-pop. Cause <laughs> I was like, like, Hey, I don't here's know some music. Yeah. Here's some music and stuff. So it's weird because there was literally, 
I used to get made, made fun of so much when I was young for listening to Korean music. So I would pretend like I didn't have those CDs, but now it's like one of the most popular musics in the world, especially for teens. What's really awesome is that because it's so tied to like the, the, the massive uh, usage of digital, especially once, you know, really Gangnam style went viral. Uh, it's so tied into digital culture and youth culture that uh, all of these really progressive, cool, awesome young people trolled the Trump rally. They trolled all of the, all of the, uh, what was it? The, the, the police Twitters, they were like doing all the, oh, the yeah. stands were putting up all the fan cams. Yeah. Anytime that they try and trend all lives matter or like anything with QAnon, K-pop fans just flood the mentions and put uh, fan cams instead. It is wonderful. But it is just so weird because everyone's like pretending like they like K-pop now. That's the big thing. Every every and I'm gonna say this. I'm calling everyone out on Twitter. They're just like, "Ooh, Stan Luna, St Stan uh, BTS, Stan Blackpink," and I'm like, "Y'all don't even listen to this. Y'all just are getting on the train." Which is great. I think they should start listening to it. But they haven't been listening to it for ten years. Eugene liked it before it was cool. I liked it before it was like non-Korean. Right. <laughs> I'm just extremely grateful that they're using their powers for good. Because they are at this point, the BTS army is an army. They are a soft power army, which has always been South Korea's aim with their influence with pop culture. And I imagine if the K-pop army, army was like actually just wildly racist and they were using that power for evil. Oh, no. Instead, they Horrible. are just these, yeah. I know, they're just these young, progressive, wonderful, seemingly wonderful people that are uh, fighting assholes. And I love it. Yeah, it's positive mobilization of something that like w did not exist. I don't know. I kind of feel like K-pop, like when I, you see those stan accounts, any stan account, I mean, K-pop stans accounts is where it starts, but like I kind of feel like any stan account that just like the the their header, you know what they look like, the profile picture changes all the time and their handles different every day and it's just like <laughs> a thousand different like symbols and stuff and you're like, that person has influence that I will never achieve. Did make me very proud though, because I've been doing my little light flirting with the BTS fandom, claiming that I am the Jimin of the Try Guys, which of course is a fact. Jimin and I are essentially the same human. And so to see them uh, take down Mr. Trump's dreams, it, it really, uh, really tickled my heart. It feels good. Do you guys see that picture of him with his hat in his hand? <laughs> no. It felt good. It's like him after the rally, oh, the, like being up disappointed. The walk of shame. Yeah. It felt really good to see that, to see him upset. And I know this is petty, but we yeah. deserve a, a moment of pettiness, <laughs> yeah. right? We yeah. deserve one moment in this shithole of a year to be like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck that guy's dreams. They were, he had a bad day and I'm happy because of if it. It's daily anger and things that make you feel bad you know give us this one moment <laughs> thank you k-pop fans well it's not just k-pop fans now i believe it's a lot of the tiktok teens yeah mm -hmm. sure. uh and just young young gen zers TikTok or zoomers teens as they're of called. which i am <laughs> one. <laughs> oh yeah they're zoomers is that you said that you raised jane they're called zoomers that's the colloquial term being used now for gen z zoomers <laughs> yeah i think it was used before uh Zoom became massively popular in quarantine, but uh, I think it's cute. It certainly feels like it's also kind of like a, like a fuck you to the boomers. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah. we're, we're twisting it. We're making it ours. We go but, fast. Um, yeah. <laughs> we zoom, yeah, we, we zoom around. Zoom, zoom. <laughs> There's so many older people who sometimes, if they're trying to dismiss younger generations, mm -hmm. uh, they use the catch-all term millennials, but the youngest millennials are about 25 years old now. <laughs> 
if you look at Wes, like Ned's child is technically Generation Alpha, which is the generation <laughs> after Gen Whoa. Z. Whoa. Yeah, he's not. Wes is not a, like, a whole new generation. Millennials, <laughs> millennials, babies, our babies, our children are not Gen Z. Gen Z is already done. You know, wow. it's oh, wow. the next one because uh, Gen Z are like, you know, anyone between like, I don't know, teens through 25. Are you telling me that Ned's kid isn't going to have 90s nostalgia? <laughs> what the fuck? What? What the fuck, nope. man? That's yeah, crazy. That so confusing. Yeah. That's There's crazy. The great TikTok memes of Zoomers making fun of millennials and they'll be like, I'm cosplaying as a millennial. They'll just be like, I love Starbucks. I love avocado <laughs> yeah, toast. So I love, good. I love Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry, Harry Potter houses are so fun. <laughs> We're the Try Guys. We release Harry Potter videos. What's your house? <laughs> Take a quiz to find out. God, it's good. <laughs> it's very millennial. Uh, it's good. But it is fun thinking that culturally we are, you know, a lot of people who, who watch and listen to this podcast mm -hmm. uh, are identify as Gen Z. And it's really awesome to see that many of them are also just kind of, sort of, I think, born into a world where they, they feel uh, responsible for... Uh, being part of the movement, you know, mm -hmm. for them, it's not a huge emotional dilemma. Mm -hmm. They're not if and or budding. They're just saying, oh, I clearly see this is wrong mm -hmm. and I'm going to use whatever I can in my power to fight it. And I think uh, Gen Z collectively, especially those who identify as more progressive, have been really impressing me, especially over the past uh, during Trump's administration, really. They've been yeah. really uh, stepping up and it's been really cool. Climate oh, yeah. change fighting as well. I mean, that's that's oh, yeah. really uh, I mean, that was going on for, you know, maybe year two years but that's like that's the generation that is going to have to live with all the horrible things that we have mm -hmm. done to the planet over the last you know give or take <laughs> Ever. industrial <laughs> revolution era my futurism theory is you know millennials are known for saying we had to adapt to technology everything is adaptation where we go through so much change like that's Mm -hmm. That's us. We're like change, change.org backslash.com <laughs> millennials forever. And then Gen Z's like, wow, you guys are trying so hard. We just like live it. Like we live, we are the change. You know, they're just right. like, we already here with the technology. <laughs> and millennials are like, did you guys see they changed the charging cable again? We gotta get yeah. new cables. <laughs> we like have a mini mental breakdown every single time that happens. I feel like uh, the next generation, like Wes, is, our children's, like Wes's age, generation Yeah, what alpha, do you think that's going to be like? Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, man, we have to get used to all these robots taking over. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Back on the change train, but it's artificial intelligence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there, there's the car that's no longer I mean, it's very possible that like Wes's generation won't have to learn how to drive. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's fascinating. They may not need to learn how to use a pencil. What? Yeah. Huh? That pencils will still be around. Huh? Why? Why bother? Why bother? Just do it in your freaking brain, dude. I do my grocery lists in my app that's on my glasses. You guys probably had to learn how to type. Edit. Like, I had to learn how to type, I want to say, in elementary school. I know you're like a couple years older than me. So uh -huh. was that a, like, a challenge to... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty tough. Me and Ned are like mid-millennials. I think We're like smack in the middle, so... Yeah. Mid-millen. Mid millen, we were uh, we were middle school typing class kids. That's just something that no one growing up now would even think about. They're oh, born yeah. learning no. to type. It's just a no, no. I'm sure they have to learn at some point. Or like really early, Ned. Yeah, it's like part of the 
super early curriculum to start typing. Really? I assume. So you don't learn it. You don't. There's not. Wait, does Mavis Beacon still exist? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Where's Mavis Beacon at? I don't think so. We, we played this game where you had to type words and the faster you typed, the faster your car would go. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and if you, you were too slow, the little flies would hit your windshield. I played that one. Yeah. Oh, wow. It yeah. was it was scary when the flies start hitting and any mistake you made would be like splat. Oh, uh, but you know what's going obsolete is cursive. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. cursive. Yeah, oh, get out of here. I think we're, <laughs> it's been we're the done last dead. people who had to learn it. Yeah. I but barely you know, learned it. <laughs> you saw your beautiful cursive. You'd be like, wow, he has such great cursive. Yeah. I thought that was so romantic. I think it's, I mean, I would, I think it'd be cool for kids to still like learn it, like spend a couple weeks on it. Yes, to <laughs> write to your, your lover who's away at war. How else can you write <laughs> yeah, to Of them? course. On a computer? No. I yes, Reginald. I mean, you write stuff, but then you need like the formal signature. You need your fancy writing. Yeah, sexy. Writing. Oh, but no one even uses their real formal formal signature. Most of some of y'all use the half squiggle. Mm-hmm. Well, my formal signature is a half squiggle. It's very I cannot <laughs> write my full name in cursive. I cannot no, write my full can, name in cursive. No, stop it. Come on, Zach. What about when you I sign don't. something really important? Don't you give them the full the full brass? The full business? You don't give them the full business? <laughs> I, I give them a, a full business that is my mm. full business, unique mm. to me like a fingerprint. I see. Well, I'd certainly mm. rather have That's... more foreign language classes than cursive, you know? I think that's probably happening more, mm-hmm. like bilingual students. Or coding. Or coding, yeah. Coding. Uh, going back real quick to TikTok activism, what I think is really cool about it is, is like our generation, we had social media, right? And that created, I think, a level of complacency where people in our generation thought like, okay, well, I'm just going to post a tweet Mm-hmm. And I've done my job, right? And they don't actually enact those changes in their life. They don't go. And that was a real critique. Like our parents' generation, they actually went out into the streets and mm-hmm. protested. We just posted something that made us feel better. But this generation that has grown up with technology, they're doing kind of the best of both worlds. And they are just posting something, but they're actually enacting real life difference from it. Mm-hmm. And that is so wonderfully cool to right. me. I, I the, love The to thing see that they post is, Hey, come join me in the streets. Or like in the case of the the, the Trump rally, they right. they mm-hmm. did a movement online that actually had real world implications. Well, anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that brings us to uh, the world being a wild place, and sometimes when the place is wild, people write us in with their conundrums and their issues, and that's why today the Try Guys from internet fame, are going to solve problems from our listeners. Can I get a fake name, Eugene, for listeners? Eugene. Eugene is the fake Eugene. name. All right. Well, yeah, Eugene. All right, that's, Eugene that's, is writing in. I mean, that name's dying out, <laughs> so we're going to... Gen Alpha is going to have no Eugene. Mulch Mommy was confusing enough last week, and now we have <laughs> Eugene is writing in. All right. <clears throat> Eugene says... What did Eugene say? Okay, that's enough. Uh, what's... <laughs> what's uh, <laughs> enough horsing around, gang. Okay, what's poppin', Tripod? There's this guy who hangs out in my house a lot, and our families tease us a lot that we're dating. Why is that a thing? Maybe that's why I don't date. My mom scares me out of it. I don't really know or care about that, but I do care. What I do care about is, is how bad he smells. 
Every time he comes over, as soon as he leaves, my parents oh. are like, he's got a shower before he comes over next time. And then we never do anything about it. See, the thing is, there was this whole fiasco at school where some idiotic rich white kid told some teachers he smelled so bad that it was unbearable, which is kind of true, but like, what? And then a teacher sat him in front of a fan, which blew his odor onto the other students. Then the administration literally scheduled a meeting with him, telling him to shower. So yeah, we really don't want to say anything after he's been traumatized. So we just bear it until we all die, or we tell him and we hurt his feelings. Sincerely, Eugene. Uh, that took such a such a turn. I was ready to talk about parents being like, oh, are you dating? Oh, are you <laughs> boyfriend? I was like, man, parents, fuck off. Let kids be horny on their own. Yeah. But now we got to talk about smell. Right. Shit. Wait, so this is, Eugene has a classmate. A who friend. Is, um, a friend who hangs a out friend. at their house. It is a friend. It is at their house. Yeah. Her, so her a, or his not or a boyfriend. Their friend. Yeah. Not a boyfriend, a bo but a male friend who is stinky. And mm. she wants to... <laughs> She's concerned over whether to let him know and hurt his feelings or to just deal with it. I definitely mm. in college had a lot of friends who did not wear deodorant almost as a badge of honor. They were like the punk rock kids who were like, yeah, man, whatever. Like my natural BO is my natural BO. And we'd be on the public transportation. They'd be on the bus keeping their arms up. And it was pretty fucking unbearable. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard to tell a friend like, yo, deodorant is a thing that's an option for yeah. you and kind of like just a it's a nicety to the people around you mm -hmm. um but like maybe this dude has halitosis maybe he's got a case of the bad breath maybe oh, he sure. uh, sweats a lot maybe he sweats you know? we need now i wish we had keith here oh man <laughs> this makes me think of in middle school alphabetical seating there was a guy with the last name i guess i shouldn't say his name but it was <laughs> yeah, very... don't say his name ned <laughs> jesus <laughs> i'm just saying he always got sat next to me because we both had f names yeah and i'm talking Bloomer. like i'm f you it was very close to that uh -huh. so uh it was just it, he was he was very smelly yeah sure and the, you know, if it was the first day of school and they're like, and we're going to be doing alphabetical seating, I would just think to myself, oh, no. It's hard because you don't want to hurt feelings, but sometimes you got a friend who's stinky and they need to hear something. I love none of us have an answer as evidenced by the fact that we're just dipping into our memory pool <laughs> as <laughs> right. we stall trying to think of what to do. Oh, yeah, here. I mean, my answer my in the moment was do not confront. Somebody that I knew in college like, I don't know what he did, but when he showered, it smelled so much worse. It was like whatever was on his skin got activated by the water, and he would take, I'm telling you, like 30, 40 minute showers. And he mm. would open hot showers. You get that steam, you get it's oh. rising. It's like, oh, so this, the smell, this like, fucking sauna. Oh, is, is now in the air. Oh, sure. It's in the air. It's particleized, my man. And okay. he opened that door into the common room. And oh my God. Oh. It was like we had to evacuate for hours. It was oh, no. cruel. Fascinating. How? But, exactly. but, I, but I never told him. I never once said anything because telling somebody that you smell is probably one of the meanest yeah. uh, things that you can do to a person, right? Mm -hmm. Besides, so. like, blatant racism. Also, sometimes it's, it's like people's noses smell things differently, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, 
One person might think they smell really good. I think it's probably best not to to bring it up directly to them because I think, especially if you're like, I don't know, some people just can't control how they smell. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could be like, what are you going to do? Give them deodorant and then not fix the problem and then just insult them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just tough. That's just part of life. Some people smell different. Right. Whatever. What if you <laughs> go to a mall together around his birthday and then be like, oh, my God, do you want to try on some cologne? Oh, shit. This smells really good. You know what? My treat. I insist. Happy mm. birthday, Eugene. That's not a bad idea. You, uh, you don't wear deodorant, right? And you smell fine. I wear no deodorant because it uh, messes with, it, it like makes my skin break out and I mm. just don't produce an odor. <laughs> I, you know, I am but an there, odorless isn't human. Isn't there like this thing where it's like there's a slight adjustment period of a week or two weeks or something and then your body like resets itself with some natural odors? I think most people stink if they don't wear deodorant. I just don't really sweat. I, I, I mean, if I'm like under, the only time that I really stink is when we filmed our uh youtube original show and we we were under those hot lights all the time mm. i would come home very spicy after that mm. but normal day to day i uh i produce no odor i'm a i'm a freak of nature positive reinforcement is important with this kind of stuff so if you're like mm -hmm. oh man like if this is your friend if you're like man i just got out of the shower like i'm feeling so good being all fresh and clean and i smell nice here oh my my, my deodorant smells so good smell my deodorant I kind of just introduced them to a world of positive smells and fresh clothing. Okay, new idea. Get onto K-pop Twitter and be like, yo, ARMY, let's make smelling good the hot new trend. You get thousands of your buddies all tweeting about the funnest scents and hot colognes and deodorants. K-pop can fix everything. I think that's going to be my new go-to for every email that we get. Well, it's crazy how K-pop Twitter, the force of the fans, really only happened over the past, like, four years, three years, mm -hmm. it's it's really remarkable how they came together. I mean, because K-pop in itself has a lot of problematic aspects to it, but as a fandom, the way they've mobilized is really, really, really cool. Well, you know, Eugene, ever since I became Blackpink's number one fan, uh, oh things have really changed for the community. It's a great point. I believe yeah. it was about three years ago that Ned tweeted, all caps, Blackpink. Yeah, what can I say? I heard a Blackpink song, and I was pretty hyped. <laughs> I think I'm the white celebrity that you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so have you guys seen that, like, recently, a part of the protest, people have been uh, tearing down these Confederate statues all over the place? This has been, like, kind of a very exciting thing that seems pretty long overdue. It's great to see. And then I've seen that a lot of local governments have been responded by like, okay, we'll we'll take it down. You know, it's like there's right. just kind of been a, a turning of the tide in what has been a, a painful issue for a while. 2020, I will always remember for many things. But one thing that I think surprises me the most is learning that there's a faction of conservatives out there who apparently really love statues. <laughs> I never thought that anybody was, like I knew that people were passionate about like, hey, this statue is uh, idolizing something that's pretty hurtful, but I never knew that there were people who were genuinely like, I fucking love this statue, man. This statue represents me and what I care about. And if I didn't have this statue, I wouldn't know history. I think I knew that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's part of a larger criticism what the uh, the post-Confederate South and the white nationalists have to point to as culture mm -hmm. because any culture 
has a shared history of so much more than just an emblematic piece of stone. And I think that the problems that a lot of uh, these these really far right people come across is that they claim heritage, but when they come down to it, they are literally defending a piece of rock. Like there's nothing else. There really is nothing else that is proclaiming, look at the proud heritage of the Confederacy, except for Robert E. Lee up there on a fucking horse <laughs> in a square in, in a Southern city. Mm -hmm. Like that's pretty much it. Like the only other thing they could maybe point to is uh, shared racism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's not something they're trying to tout. That's there's something they're trying to deny. So when you really because lit literally everything else that they would even claim to say is part of this like Confederate quote unquote identity, NASCAR, country music, right. lots of things that are really more about Southern identity. They don't want nothing to do with y'all fucking white supremacists. They, mm -hmm. they, they're like, nah, we're going to separate ourselves from you because, you know, you liked us, but we are not you, mm -hmm. you know, culture. Uh, progress is moving forward, leaving them behind. And the only thing that you can't really take along with you or something that really can't speak for itself is a fucking piece of rock yeah. <laughs> that's molded into an old soldier that was on the wrong side of history. So that's why they're obsessed with these statues. It's literally the last shred of any proof that they, they their idea of heritage even exists. Mm -hmm. So take it the fuck down. Of course, yeah. <laughs> take it the fuck down. I mean, like a lot of people are just okay with like, yeah, you know, if the city wants to remove it and put it in some like weird vault museum or something, just don't put it on fucking public display. I mean, it's really great for a lot of us when we see it rolled into a river. That's all good fun. But yeah, in the end, it's like, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a misplaced sense of heritage that I think in the end is just this really cold awakening that mm -hmm. in fact, there really is so much less to what they claim is part of their identity. Right, and and you're making, I mean, you and I both grew up in the South and you're making a distinction between like Southern cultural like heritage and like yeah. a, a Confederacy heritage. Like there's, there's mm -hmm. no, there's nothing that good about the Confederacy that we should be hearkening back to. But yeah, there's a lot exactly. of great things in the South. And a lot of the reason white supremacists and Confederates don't wanna like put themselves with general Southern culture is a lot of that came from black Americans anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like they know they get it. That's where country music really, that's where the roots are from, mm -hmm. you know? So it's really much, I think this whole thing where like, that's really distinct and very, very white. <laughs> <laughs> What's the only thing that's really distinct. That's really untouched by any like influence from black Americans are like, mm -hmm. Oh, slave owning that's the yeah. one thing we had <laughs> right. yeah so it's it's both pitiful and disgusting and in the end all they got is a fucking rock shaped like a stupid ass general <laughs> i will say on a only slightly related note uh i would love to have a statue of myself that would be great but i wouldn't just want any statue i would want the statue where like a certain part of my body is good luck. Like if you oh, grab we all my know booty, what part of the body. Oh, oh yeah. If you rub we my booty, know. you get good luck. And then over time, that part becomes like shiny and gold, <laughs> while the rest becomes, you know, sort of yeah. oxidized brown. That I think those are the most fun statues where it's like, you know, if you touch the part that everyone else touches, you're going to have something good happen to you. I, I think you're onto something there, Ned. We we all, I think, are in firm agreement. Fuck the Confederate statues. Fuck the flags. Get rid of them. Either take them down or, you know, I won't stand in the way if someone else takes them down themselves. But we got to replace these statues with something.
Mm-hmm. So what a we got? The a best volunteer. that was going around. Yeah, I mean, Ned's butt, obviously, that's locked in. We're going to get one of those in each southern town. Uh, oh, yeah. Anywhere where Stonewall Jackson was, we're going to put uh, Booty Boy Ned. Uh, there was someone that was uh, posting on Twitter photos of Paddington statues. Uh, and they are the most adorable little things. And just think about how happy of a world it would be if we just had Paddington everywhere. Everyone would be happy and we'd all be eating marmalade. It'd be wonderful. What? Well, it- He's British. He is British, so a little bit of a sore subject there. Uh, well, technically, he's Peruvian. Well, that's Peruvian. True. Yeah, technically, oh, yeah. He's Peruvian. Hey, we stand. Peruvian by both. Birth. Yeah. Oh, I'm in a big Paddington phase right now. I gotta say that would be adorable. You gotta get the one where he's like all wet and like flipping the water everywhere. The best part about Paddington. We watch Paddington probably, you know. Once a week. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. You're living the life. That's awesome. Hey, if you like kids' movies, being a parent is for you. Have you gotten Have you gotten Wes into P2 yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, we got to fast forward through some parts. <laughs> what do you mean? And what, do you, what do you mean? What do I mean? The whole, it's not like you can watch that movie start to finish with a, a two-year-old. Is there violence? Does, does Paddington 2 have a, a, a really graphic sex scene? You don't remember that? <laughs> I mean, I know they go to prison at one point, but it's like happy prison. I don't remember. Is it scary? I don't remember exactly. Definitely Paddington 1 with the pet taxidermist lady is a little scary Oh, yeah, it's a little spooky. And uh, I think there are some moments in Paddington 2. Okay, we're going off of statues for a second because this is now what I'm fascinated by, Ned. You... Fast forward through scenes to scare Wes. At what age, if ever, are you going to allow him to be scared? He requ- and You know, it's like we're watching part of Frozen and he'll put his hands on his ears and say, mm. too loud, scary. And it's the rock monster, mm-hmm. which is the snow monster. But you know, In his defense, not a great scene. You could fast forward through that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's really not, not plot critical, even though somehow it is. <laughs> uh, rock man, he says. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it would be helpful to be a little scared at some point, but I, you, you know me. I don't really like scary movies, so I don't understand where where it comes from for people. When, what about you, Zach? You love scary movies, so when uh-huh. did you start to get scared and like it? I know. Eugene, do you remember when, like, I remember in middle school and high school being, like, tantalized by the idea of The Shining, but obviously there were things. You know what it was? The first one that really freaked me the fuck out was um, in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I feel like we've talked about this a million times. The the tunnel scene with the projector on the wall and the eyeballs and the bee. But you know what I think was different is that my parents would just throw me in the living room and I would just pick out VHSs myself. And so I was the one responsible for fast forwarding. And so it yeah. was like up to me to decide was this scary or was this okay? Yeah, my parents definitely did that too, where they would just be like, oh, time to close your eyes. There's boobs on the screen. <laughs> I remember coming downstairs and watching my parents watch Mission Impossible. And I like, there was this one character, I'm like, oh, he's cool. But the whole first act of Mission Impossible is then watching them all die one by one <laughs> until oh, only yeah. Don Cruises. And then there's this really scary film noir shot. John Voight, I think, gets shot on a bridge. And that, like, I, like, ran upstairs and, like, hit under the blanket. Oh, God. (laughs) It was so scary to me. Yeah, I mean, at this point, like, wait, he's, like, a little over two, you know? It's, Mm -hmm. like, it's really even, even, like, a screen at all is something that should be used sparingly. Oh, yeah. So a scary screen is really not something I'm going to go for (laughs) in these days. But I don't know. I think when they're older, like, Mm -hmm. seven, eight, nine, ten... 
I think the ratings are generally pretty. Like I would be probably watching a PG movie with a seven, eight, nine, ten year old. You know. Right, yeah. You can watch the Studio Ghibli movies, like Ponyo and uh, Spirited Away and stuff like that. It's probably okay for a kid. Like, the Trolls movie is is a little rough for Wes right now. I mean, the whole premise is like, oh, we're going to get eaten by these gross <laughs> things. But if you're like eight, you know that it's a cartoon. So that's I don't think that would be as scary. Yeah, I think a fine line is knowing that you're watching a movie. Because... Right. As a child, when I was frightened, I thought the people were dying or I thought it was like truly yeah. something, someone was going to hurt me. Yeah. And then I only started enjoying scary scenes after I understood what a film was and what an actor was. Mm. I think it was, I think like part of that helped when I started seeing like Nickelodeon shows like Are You Afraid of the Dark or, oh, yeah. or Goosebumps on TV. But I think I understood at that point too that they were like a cast and that they were actors and that it was a like a play. I still get pretty invested in it and that's I think why I don't like it. I I view movies as real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't really uh, like watching movies a second time as much. When mm. I watch something the second time, that's when I start appreciating it, it as like art and writing, mm-hmm. you know? The first time I'm just totally <laughs> engrossed in the story. Yeah. Guys, I'm so confused. I just googled Are You Afraid of the Dark to try and figure out how old I was when I watched it cuz that would be the answer to your question that like I loved watching scary stuff. Like when you're saying 8, I was definitely already trying to watch PG-13 movies at that point. But <laughs> uh the first result, Ryan Gosling was in an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Well, what? I don't know. That's that's the first was he's the star of Are You Afraid of the Dark on Google. He's the star? Well, cuz he's the Wow, look at him. Wow, young little young little goose. Well, because they were Canadian. Oh. The Midnight Society is Canadian. Is Ryan Gosling Canadian? Yeah, Ryan Gosling's Canadian. Sure. I don't know what it is. I don't remember. It's amazing that some of the United States' best actors are Canadian and or slash British. And that so few of them Australian, and Australian. Yeah. Like very few like big stars are just from America, like from Wisconsin. I feel like when you're that good and you're needing to go to Hollywood, you're just you just have to be exceptionally good. What were you talking about before the statues? So the statues, I think Mm -hmm. I think for statue replacements, you should just use beloved children's animated characters. Mm -hmm. Every statue. Oh, SpongeBob would be dope. Yeah, I would love one of Avatar Aang. Oh, that would be really awesome. My God, like literally as large as the Statue of Liberty. Mm Like in Korra. Have you been rewatching Avatar? Oh, yeah. I reached, rewatched all of Avatar and all of Korra. <laughs> I still have never seen Korra, and I, well, I'm very excited. It's like the sequel to Avatar, sort of. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Set Generations Later. It's got a great queer storyline at the end. It is highly recommended. <laughs> and everything is very Asian. <laughs> cool. As an adult, I find that like the older that I get, I want like an Appa plush. Like I want more. Oh my to- god! More toys and yeah. like bullshit that I can put in my house. Much to my girlfriend's chagrin. Appa's in the Totoro category of just big, fluffy, uh, lovable characters. Yes, absolutely. An Appa. I want to dress up my dog like Appa. <laughs> I bet you could. You... Pesto's got Appa energy. Yeah. Big Appa energy. Yeah. I don't know if the other guys watch. Avatar: The Last Airbender, but I it was not. trending on Netflix. It's still trending on Netflix. Yeah, you know they've noticed that animation overall had like the highest uptick percentage-wise of views mm-hmm. as a genre during mm-hmm. the quarantine oh, wow. across all age groups, because I think people 
needed the escape literally in in the medium the medium yeah. of animation is just like i'm not looking at real people this is excellent right <laughs> have you guys ever thought about doing an animated special episode of the try guys where it's oh, like would would be thrilled <laughs> yeah we oh, have talked so about cool. it we have thought of, i mean obviously animation is timely and expensive but mm-hmm. we will make something <laughs> animated before we hang this proverbial hat up <laughs> i wanted to ask have you guys ever looked at the top 10 on Netflix because the stuff that is trending on there is very often hot garbage. Yeah. It is unbelievable what the... And then it reminds me like, oh, what I think is uh, happening in culture. Like there are just so many different worlds and I don't know. <laughs> I think I know. I don't know. Th- there's a show right now that reminds called- me that Two and a Half Men was the number one show <laughs> for, like, for years. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah big bang cast the highest paid ever uh, um there, there's a show on netflix right now called 365 days i have not watched it i watched the trailer because maggie went i heard that this show is basically porn and i'm yeah. like okay well yeah we're gonna watch the trailer then for sure <laughs> and and the plot of it is that it, it is preposterously fucked up it is a, a a drug kingpin who kidnaps a woman and gives her one year 365 days to fall in love with him that is demented. Yikes. That is that's that's so sexual assault. That's fucked up. I assume that it's a fucking Fifty Shades love story <laughs> that is <laughs> normal, <laughs> but it's like clearly trying to normalize kidnapping. I don't how how is that allowed? Wait, sorry, it's a it's a scripted show or it's a yeah yeah it's scripted. It's scripted. <laughs> okay, it's scripted. All right. Well, this is a scripted show. I don't really have a problem with it because, like, there's a whole bunch of fucked up shit that happens in scripted shows all the time. I mean, it's hard because we we selectively. I mean, that's objectively terrible, but subjectively, we all choose big flaming hot piles of garbage that we decide to watch. Mm. I mean, Keith and Becky always watch every Fifty Shades of Grey for their Valentine's Day like tradition. (laughs) Yeah, that is objectively like the most like like fucked up relationship ever put to cinema to millions and millions of of, of, of revenue. Mm-hmm. You watch Too Hot to Handle, Zach. You was trending on Netflix. That's fucked up. Uh, yeah. And you is incredibly fucked I up. I do love you. I do love you is like show. You you is so good and also so fucked up and bad that the lead star, Penn Badgley, has to constantly tell people not to like him as a character because he knows how impressionable youth are and that yeah. his character is objectively yeah. the worst type of guy you should be attracted to. We've been watching The Last Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Talk about dream world of magic. There's a dream world in all the right ways. I haven't seen Which that. What is that? that? I don't, I don't oh, even know what that it's is. It's great. It's like Viking times. It's, uh, you know, a young man who gets separated from his family at birth. And he's half a Viking, half a Saxon. And he has to reclaim his kingdom. And it's hot guys, hot girls having a good time. <laughs> Ned will watch any Get hot Viking show. Oh, yeah. Level. Name name all the hot Viking shows you've watched. Uh, Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> uh no we've watched a lot norseman the comedy version i mean you know there's basically name a period and i'll tell you a drama that i have watched around said period ned likes ships he likes swords and he likes hot bods preferably all together at once that's right that's right but when we're talking about there's also like just people who are obsessed with watching crime dramas and procedurals yeah. like that's that's some dire, I mean, a lot of cop characters. Like, we are 
Like that's that's like also in itself problematic, but that's also like people who watch that are not necessarily always bad people, you know? Yeah. So it's it's all very difficult. Like sometimes you'd separate entertainment in a way where you're like, I'm clearly feeling like I'm watching trash because I know it's exploitative trash. That's a very hard line to draw sometimes, especially with half of the shit even we say that we liked watching over the weekend. I mean, Tiger King- I love trash. That we lolled chatted about mm -hmm. is objective. They're like horrible people. Like all of them, none of them should ever have a platform. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I do, I will defend, I think that is a brilliantly told documentary. I think that is an exceptionally made, you disagree, Miles? I think that is artfully directed. I think it's unbelievable. I agree. There was some stuff where like the shots that they got, they were interviewing people who were so clearly like high on crystal meth. And I was like, mm. I don't know if that's fine to do. <laughs> Maybe we yeah. don't do that. But I did like the documentary. I thought it was cool. I will agree with you that we should not sensationalize <laughs> those people. And, the, and for whatever reason, we came out of that being like, Carol's uh, terrible, but Joe, free him from prison. Like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. He is a garbage human. They're all garbage people. But yeah. as far as from a filmmaking perspective, yeah. I think that is an exceptionally well-made piece of work. So hopefully 365 Days is not an exceptional piece of filmmaking. <laughs> it's not. Because it's number one on Netflix. I mean, the more we talk about it, the more I'm curious. Yeah. 13 Reasons Why Seasons 4 was number three in America for like two weeks. Oh, and wasn't that, I mean, I, I even heard fans of the show didn't quite like where it went after it, the second season. It's the craziest <laughs> thing ever. It like, it's like the, where it starts as like a show that glorifies suicide isn't even the cherry on top of the icing on the cake of why the show is wrong. It is a, a mess, but a very fun mess, but nobody should be allowed to watch it. <laughs> I'm sure there's there's a pretty tough line between getting something that's like, compelling and something that like people have to watch yeah that's uh, also not like a hundred percent problem free. <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean there's probably like some degree of like that's why we want to watch that sort of stuff is because mm -hmm. it's like a little bit not quite correct the the, the yeah. solution is only watch only watch animation hey watch avatar <laughs> the last airbender highly and unproblematic or mm -hmm. the last <laughs> kingdom <laughs> you guys haven't seen it, so you it's can gotta take have my word for it. Word. It's yeah. surely not problematic in any way whatsoever. I, the thing I'm trying to break uh, my household from is this compulsion of, oh, there's a new show. We should watch it. And it's like, no, no, no. I'm not. There are 8 million old shows that we have not watched that we know for a fact are good. <laughs> and instead, we get sucked into just whatever this autoplay video is that's on the top of my Netflix queue. Mm. I'm not falling for it anymore. <laughs> I'm breaking the chain. I'm starting over. And I'm going to only watch things that I know are good because my time but, is precious. Damn mm. it. But if you autoplay, try, guys. We salute you. We thank yeah, you. Yeah, that is good. We that's stand. Good. That's you... an active good in the world. If you love Miles, if you're part of the Miles Nation, you'll surely love the segment we got coming up next. It's advice that'll go for Miles with Miles, Miles Bonsignor. It's advice that'll go for Miles. Tune into your radio station. It's advice that'll go for Miles. Everyone get ready. Miles Nation. My old nation, go! What's up, Miles Nation? How you stinky little cuties doing tonight? 
Woo. Have you ever wanted to have the gorgeous ass of a tuna? <laughs> you know, I'm just... Have you ever wanted the sexual stamina of a dolphin? No. Or the <laughs> boobs of a Mediterranean shark? What, what about dolphin tuna? Mediterranean shark. <laughs> Relax your mind and comfort your body and get the sexy kissing lips of a fish by drinking iced water. <laughs> oh my God, no. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for Miles, listening, guys. This is not the advice. This is not the advice. Miles, fucking out of here. I have been <laughs> drinking recently. I've been having a <laughs> treat. Ice water. <laughs> I've, I've been having a treat before bed after I brush my teeth because you don't want to have juice because obviously your teeth will be freaking <laughs> cavity filled. But you can Whoa. you can have iced water, but don't tell the lemon because you're about to put a little lemon in your ice water do, do people not do people not commonly do this are people not drinking ice water well i kind of forgot about it for a little <laughs> oh, so you're just drinking you're just drinking room temperature water yeah i was drinking tap but then i realized that we had ice and i was like oh yeah i should do that i uh you what know benefits? what yeah I, I, the benefits are that it's uh refreshing and it takes it like it starts out and it's ice water and then you're like Oh man, I'm out of ice water, but then a couple minutes later, ice melts, and you're like, "Shit, score!" <laughs> <laughs> that is just nasty ice down water. That's real, tepid. real bad. I actually uh, double disagree with you, Miles, <gasps> on both parts of this advice. Oh shit! One, I'm a room temp water boy. Uh, I like, I like, I actually, I my perfect temperature is the way that it comes out of either the faucet or mm. the fridge. You know, I don't want the little ice clinking against my teeth. So that's strike number one. Uh-oh. Uh, strike number two, Miles, as the youngest and least experienced, mm -hmm. you will grow into this. Uh, in a couple years, you're not really going to be able to drink water right before bed because then you're going to have to wake up really early before you want to wake up, and you're going to have to pee-pee your pants pants. Spoiler alert, I'm already pissing in the toilet in my closet every <laughs> night in the middle of the night. It <laughs> drives me insane. I feel like I need to stop drinking water at like 9 o'clock, which yeah. I don't because I now regularly wake up in the middle of the night to go pee, and it is a sign of my encroaching mortality, <laughs> and I don't care for it <laughs> no zach you you might just have like a little you might have just like a little a small bladder i Some think i have smaller do. bladders yeah. i think i have a small everything uh my body <laughs> my face and my bladder uh yeah maybe not everything everything yeah you got a big um, dick though thank you thank you <laughs> anyway uh, buy the shirt buy the shirt <laughs> <laughs> you know, Miles, they say that you burn more calories if you drink water that's colder than your body temperature. You you could have said that. You mean that I'm working out? <laughs> but that might have made it slightly more compelling than ice water. You know, yeah. it's cold and it tastes good. I didn't know that I was also exercising while I was drinking it. So that's a double plus. Mm. Miles, are you one of those freaks that chews up his ice cubes? Hell yeah, brother. Clinky clink. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
I'm sweaty as hell right now, though, and I stink <laughs> compared to that question we had earlier. Wow, well, Eugene would not be your friend. I'll also say uh, from the mm. six-pack video, water and peeing is the main way that your body gets rid of fat. Oh. So if you... If you want to have the ass of a tuna fish, <laughs> drink lots of water, at least eight cups a day. Y'all just all gave the most contradictory <laughs> advice from each person. Everyone just, everyone said exactly different advice yeah, that's good. about Do water. Do you want to stay alive? Drink water. Drinking water is good. I don't know if you can put ice in it, you can put not, but sex, the thing about peeing, uh, it's... I don't know if there's that much you can do about pee. Yeah, that's why I wear a diaper to sleep. Yeah, that's... So- <laughs> <laughs> well, join us next week when we talk about pissing the bed and all the times that we've peed ourselves as adults. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and buy the new merch and leave us a five-star review. Write in your stuff. This has been an episode of the tripod, and this is how we end episodes now. Uh, gee, that's the end. Ned, hit us with the official tripod theme song. <laughs> uh, you gotta get those statues down, tear those statues down, and replace them with a statue of Miles and rub his lucky belly. Boom. boom. <laughs> <laughs> the tripod. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Stay beautiful.